the stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, The Man from Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are continuing with our look at the Investigators in the Edge of the Earth Investigator expansion. This time around, we're going to take a look at the Rogue slash Seeker Investigator in the box, Monterey Jack. There are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. The Arkham Horror LCG community is amazing, and these people have gone above and beyond to bring you content like these investigator reviews. If you'd like to support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your rewards. That would be awesome. Special thanks to Cole Monroe Chitty for the amazing art that graces the channel, Nicole Fiscus for the new Whisper in Darkness logo that graces the podcast, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for the intro as well as the overlays. Thank you very much. I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. We are back with our look at the Investigators in the Edge of the Earth Investigator expansion. This time around, we're going to take a look at Monterey Jack, the rogue investigator. Monterey Jack is the archaeologist. He has one willpower, four intellect, two combat, and five agility. He has the Wayfarer trait. As a response, at the end of your turn, if you started this round one location away from your current location, either gain one resource or draw one card. If you started this round two or more locations away, do both instead. His Elder Sign ability is plus one, and if you started this round one or more locations away from your current location, you gain one resource or draw one card. He has eight health and six sanity. Now, we knew Monterey Jack was coming all the way back in the Forgotten Age. Uh, there is a little right. spoiler for him uh, in the uh, pamphlet that came with that that uh, said uh, he is the expedition leader. As a child of uh, the 80s, I have been looking forward to Monterey Jack's arrival for quite some time. Any chance to get to play the closest thing we have to Indiana Jones is uh, welcome. What do you guys think about uh, Monterey's stat line? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, uh, he, he, has, <laughs> he has draw one card on him an awful lot, and he has gain one resource on him an awful lot as well. Let's Let's compare to Norman. We, you know, we just we just went over Norman. Why, Nate, am I going for, for Monterey, but not for Norman? I think the big reason would be that Norman requires setup to okay. get going, mm -hmm. whereas Monterey Jack requires you to move. And I'm oh, just move, yeah. I'm struggling that... to find a scenario where you don't move. It's not even specifically move. It's just be at another location. Okay. Yeah, I gotcha. Well, also the also Monterey Jack. I noticed that he has built an like a very good stat in enemy handling and a very good stat in um, investigation. Just kind of the two things you need to play to to win Arkham Horror the card game. Very true. Okay. And rogues are no strangers to having one willpower. One willpower is is definitely a weakness, but uh, I don't know if it compensates for having four intellect and. Wow, five agility. That's uh, that's very, very good. Uh, the ability to discover clues at all but the highest shroud locations just by, you know, taking a regular old investigate action is very good. And then if you happen to draw enemies, uh, chances are that Monterey Jack will uh, easily escape them with uh, five agility, considering enemies do tend to have slightly lower um, 
evade values than fight values. So that five is going to go a little bit further than, say, a, a comparable five in, in combat. Combat is a little bit weak, but uh, probably still enough to kill a rat if necessary and, uh, and keep on moving. Again, his response, the ability to, as long as you move once a turn, you're drawing a card or gaining a resource. That's uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, he's he's at worst. If you move, you're a Jenny. Oh, or you can draw course, a card. Yeah. But if you're two locations away, you just get to do both for some reason. Because, yeah. you know, value. Well, compared to Norman, once again, you know, the similar... Because Norman occupies a similar space in that, you know, he has high intellect and we discussed him as being a clue getter or like norman you gotta like set it up you know you gotta have i mean you if you play the card off the top of your deck you're gonna you're effectively getting a draw and a resource by playing that card for cheaper but you're not always gonna do it where like monterey it's just gonna happen by playing arkham horror the card game yeah it doesn't require a lot of setup so let's see that, that style line is really good i mean ursula I think is actually one of the strongest stat lines in the game because I think combat is the one stat you can like completely ignore, like completely ignore and do well at this game. So like Ursula had four intellect and four agility. Monterey's got four and five, but he has to worry about his, he does have to worry about his willpower. So, but he's up there with Ursula when it comes to like very strong stat lines. Yeah. Yeah. And see the secret card pools sort of implies that the investigator has a decent willpower there isn't a ton of willpower stat boosting that you can get from the seeker card pool other than just a brute forcing the problem with enough skill cards or something like that or enough icons yeah you that's know? true so like monterey is gonna he's gonna go he needs to go in with a plan for dealing with frozen fear mm -hmm. it yeah, sort of reminds me of like yeah. joe diamond in that regard like joe has a oh, similar yeah. problem like that too where he's kind of all in on on those stats and he can't rely on you know he can't rely on the seeker cards to really help him out so yeah that's true but we yeah, did receive also... higher education level zero in the harvey walter starter deck and so if you're generating enough resources by moving around the more the board if you need to plug in enough resources to higher education to gain to pass a test that's one solution that's, that's true. true. Yeah, and there's cards like is does logical reasoning uh, take out uh, frozen in fear? Oh, terror card. I think it might. I think it does. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, that seems like a good pick for one of Monterey's five secret cards because it gives him willpower icons. It helps with his six sanity, which for a seeker that's kind of low, and yeah, it helps him deal with certain specific treacheries like frozen in fear. Frozen Fear is particularly nasty because your friends can't help you with Frozen Fear, unlike most other treacheries that hang out in your threat area. Yeah, it's always like the de facto card that we reference with low willpower for that reason. Oh, of course. It's, yeah. it's so I mean, nasty. I mean, Rotting Remains, yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing, but it's not that much of a thing. But Frozen Fear, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. that's the one we, like, complain about. You know, that's the one that causes us to cry so uh, before we uh, started recording you were talking about the probably the main weakness of monterey jack is a player simply trying to trigger that response too often movement often takes actions the benefit of monterey's ability 
can be reduced down to actions. So if you're spending two actions moving and you get a resource and a card because you spent those two actions moving, the weakness is, is you can kind of get tunnel visioned into like trying to trying to activate Monterey's ability every turn that you end up taking move actions that you don't really need to take in order to get the action equivalent back in cards and resources. So what I'm saying is you could either take two actions moving for no reason, or you can just stay where you are, a better location, and just draw and gain a resource or do a million other things. That's what I'm getting at, is if you tunnel vision on his ability, like you can kind of spend lots of actions just dirtling around you know, just for the sake of triggering, triggering it. And you can sort of do the same thing in deck building, too. You can sort of over-focus on trying to move around the map when, you know, your priority should really be getting clues and evading whatever enemy you draw from the encounter deck. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because you're spending a lot of resources moving for the sake of moving, you know, just to trigger his ability. You're not really getting anywhere. Yeah, I think another thing to consider, too, with Monterey Jack is what are you doing with those resources? You know, I think higher education could be a really good option, like you were saying, Man from Lang, but, you know, you have plenty of other options that you could use those resources in hyper-awareness or, you know, what have you, composures. Well, especially theory. once he gains some XP, we know exactly where all those resources are are going to be going. Yeah, I was trying to not go there, but... Yeah. We don't have to go there. We haven't completely gone there. We've approached the location, but we could pull back. The line is in the horizon. <sighs> yeah, we could we could pull back. We can we can go another direction with this, guys. We don't have to go there. Would you would you say that we could tug the twine in the other direction? God damn it, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, I think it's pretty clear that uh, as far as stat lines go, Monterey Jack has a very good one. Yeah. The willpower is a bit of an issue, but uh, there are solutions to deal with it. Frozen in fear is is a big threat, but uh, seekers do have logical reasoning yeah. which can cancel it outright. Which you know, a lot of rogues don't even have that option. They have to still take a willpower skill test to get rid of it, which when you're already at one or two willpower, that's going to be tough. Better just to, to cancel it outright. Four intellect, of course, is amazing for discovering clues. And, and five agility gives you a very easy way to uh, to avoid most enemies. And then basically you just need to play Monterey. And you're going to gain cards and resources as you go. And like you said... There aren't. Uh, there hasn't been a scenario yet that uh, plops the investigators on the map and they don't go anywhere else. So even if you just play the game, you are going to be gaining resources and cards uh, over the course of uh, that scenario. And if you happen to draw an Elder Sign uh, during your turn, you get more cards and resources for doing very little. And... Uh, Away you go. That brings us to Monterey Jack's deck size, which is uh, 30. Deck building options, rogue cards level 0, seeker cards level 1 to 5, neutral cards level 0 to 5, and up to 5 other seeker cards level 0. Deck building requirements that do not count towards his deck size include the trusty bullwhip and buried secrets and uh, one basic weakness. So what do we think about his, uh, his card pool? It's very strong. It's very strong. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very strong. 
You're combining the class that likes to do combos with the class that likes to draw cards. Oh, yeah. And sandwiching those together makes your combos very consistent. There aren't a whole lot of secret cards that are absolutely essential at level zero. I mean, there are plenty of great level zero secret cards, but it's not like... It's not quite like Norman, where you're missing out on a whole lot by being restricted to five secret cards. Because the, there's level one versions of, say, Magnifying Glass and lots of other things. There are some pretty good... I mean, the Rogue level zero is actually more of a restriction. Because there are some decent level zero Rogue cards, but not like a zillion of them. You know, like the Rogue weapons, for example. The level zero ones aren't that great. And Rogue's best allies are all three XP. I mean, unless, I mean, besides Leo DeLuca, of course. Oh, Leo DeLuca. That's what you spend your resources on. Mm, yeah, Leo's a good choice. Man, yeah. if if Monterey Jack could take Lola Santiago, my brain would hurt. My well, we brain... had that investigator. That was uh, that was Trish. That you know. my brain yeah. still hurts from Trish. Don't <laughs> get me started. <laughs> Trish is a phenomenal investigator, and she has like a very similar card pool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and a very some and a pretty similar stat line too. She's like what two willpower four intellect yeah she's a combat. two four two four. four yeah that's also incredibly strong at this point the the card pools in both seeker and, and rogue are so large that there are just so many good options i mean you've got cards like if you're looking at five seeker cards you've got uh you know magnifying glass if you want to gain even more resources you've got dr mylan christopher since monterey is going to be moving around a lot you've got things like field work which just boost his his tests uh, as long as you've as long as you've moved rogue cards he i mean you've got lone wolf since he's probably going to be pressing ahead leaving other people behind lots of great rogue cards that we've seen lately uh, things like you know you've got a classic like backstab that allows you to attack with your uh, agility if necessary but we also saw breaking and entering recently uh, during the Innsmouth Conspiracy that allows you to add your uh, agility and your uh, intellect together. So if you do have to face a, a tough location, rogues generate resources and there's always Faustian bargain if you need it. So yeah, exactly. There's so many powerful cards that you get to throw together that it's, uh, I think you're really spoiled for choice. And yeah. we haven't even discussed okay. skills like quick thinking to get even to get even more extra actions. So unlike Mystic, Mystic wants to take the base shriveling and then upgrade that shriveling. So that's going to require some use of those level zero slots in an investigator like Norman. Whereas a lot of rogue cards, you have the level zero version and then you just dump it because, because you have a lot of very strong XP rogue cards that you don't upgrade into. So what I'm getting at is that his deck building doesn't feel as restrictive as say Norman Withers does. Yeah, you're not like as pressed to to do something with those seeker slots like you exactly. are with, with Norman. Yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. And also there there's a quite a there's a decent amount of overlap between Rogue and Seeker at level zero. Like you have magnifying glass in one hand, you have lock lockpicks in the other. So they do similar things and asset lets you investigate you know, get clues more more you're more likely to get clues if you have one of these. So if you don't want to spend your slots on on magnifying glass, you can always play lockpicks, and you're good. If you don't want to play shortcut, 
you can always play elusive. You know, I'm just saying there's enough, there's a, there's a good amount of overlap between Rogue and Seeker that you can kind of pick what you want without feeling like you're missing a crucial level zero Seeker card. Yeah, I think the other thing about Monterey Jack versus Norman too is that Norman actually has to make a decision in deck building what stats he's going to use. Oh, Jack, that's true. Jack yeah. does not have that decision whatsoever. He is using his intellect and he is using his agility. That's true. Like, and both his classes like fully support that. Fully support that, right. Whereas yeah. the Mystic class kind of sways you in one way or the other. That's true. So, that's you true. know, I... Yeah, like you said, the, the two classes also complement each other really well at yeah. level zero. Well, oh, we're yeah. going to have to have a discussion about what happens after level zero because I have to say, as much as I was looking forward to Monterey Jack's release uh, in the game, I haven't been that inspired to build a deck around him because, man, oh man, Aeon Chart exists, Ariadne's Twine exists, Hiking boots exist and just seem to mesh so well with what Monterey Jack is doing. And we gave Aeon Chart a well-deserved curse token during a review of the player cards in the Edge of the Earth Investigator expansion because it just generates so much action advantage. Ariadne's Twine basically just converts all those resources that you're getting from moving into more actions which allow you to continue to move to gain it's just the feedback loop just piles on the the extra actions and then of course if you need even more you've got hiking boots and that's all for 8 xp especially if you're playing the the underworld support uh, version of monterey jack so as much as i i really want to like monterey jack i kind of also dislike monterey jack simply because of the state of the seeker slash uh, i guess mm. mainly seeker card pool especially when you when you're looking at upgrades what do you guys think seekers have a lot of have gotten a lot of additional action engines that give extra moves extra clues extra actions extra fast actions and they all synergize together pathfinder pendant of the queen hiking boots Aeon chart. They all work together and they all work with, with Monterey's ability too. So, but the problem is if you decide to like take the high road and not use those, you're kind of shutting off Monterey's ability when you're spending, when you're spending an action to use your legs to move. So that's kind of, you're kind of in a trap there because you can't win. You know, you have to like, you have to go all, you pretty much have to like, accept that deal with the devil and take a lot of very, very powerful, you know, combinations of movement cards and extra action cards, which also happen to make, to work with Monterey or you can't. And then Monterey kind of gets a little inefficient because you got to spend all those actions moving. Yeah. Monterey, Monterey Jack reminds me a lot of Rex Murphy in that they, uh... they both, they both affect the game in such a way that it can make it can basically just invalidate every other investigator at the table because the monterey jack player does all the things grabs all the clues draws all the cards gains all the resources evades the enemy and then everyone just kind of follows behind him and in a co-op yeah. game that that just creates an experience of one player is doing all the things and then everyone else is just kind of like they're lackey 
you know, and you're shining yeah. that spotlight a little too bright on Monterey. That's and, true. you know, That's the true. card pool really does reinforce that style of gameplay. You know, like, they, they included all these cards in the box with him, so they clearly intended you to play with them. Do you see a Monterey Jack build that someone like myself could play that does not just take all of the best cards in class, dump them in a deck, and, and fire and forget? In my opinion, not really. Because just because the way his ability works and the way that Arkham works in the like how the maps are structured like you're always going to be moving so even if you're not really building around it like Pathfinder and Shortcut are still cards that you would play even if you weren't playing Monterey Jack mm -hmm. because they're already good enough as they are so just slapping extra benefit on those cards you know reinforces that strategy maybe you could have fun playing a lot of underrated seeker cards that either move clues around or let you investigate remotely i'm talking like seeking answers or mm -hmm. janae beauregard if you did something like that and you weren't laser focused on getting additional effort out of your actions like maybe i could see something like that working out for you mm -hmm. so the idea being like okay you you avoid that problem of moving for movement's sake just to trigger Monterey's ability. But let's say you moved from a four shroud location to a two shroud location. And then you played seeking answers to and you leveraged that lower shroud to discover clues from a remote location. You didn't get any addition you didn't get a whole lot of like additional effort out of that. You just kind of moved the shroud around a little bit. Maybe something like that. Maybe. Yeah. I was kind yeah. of thinking something like that too. You know, I could see something like that working where you, like, maybe you quick study to get, like, a punch yeah. in on a rat or something like that, and then you move. Or pass and... willpower test. Or pass a willpower <laughs> test. Yeah, you know, something yeah. along those lines. But I d honestly don't know how many players are going to do that, to be yeah, totally honest. Yeah, because very clear. Like, it's like, we're going to reward you for playing the broken seeker stuff, <laughs> you know, and... Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. that's my biggest problem with it is it is you're basically being rewarded for playing all of the busted seeker cards. And yep. personally, I don't find that that interesting. And I kind of it kind of annoys me that basically one investigator in the invest in this box has been taken out just by the busted nature of, of the seeker card pool that you're just incentivized to play all of that stuff and there might be something else in there but you're sort of hobbling yourself just to right just not Good. to play it and even you know you look at okay so Monterey Jack is technically supposed to be balanced by his one willpower but as soon as you gain experience you're only spending 8 to get, you know, pick up a copy of the twine, the chart, and the boots. Then you can spend, even if you're playing with the, the list of taboos, you can pick up Higher Education 3, even if you're spending an extra 3 XP, XP on it, to turn all of those resources that you are generating into willpower bonuses. And, if, and if, even if that fails, you've got Forewarned in your back pocket and Logical Reasoning. Well, because you're drawing lots of cards, you can also just pack a bunch of question marks you yeah. know and 
mm -hmm. in your deck, like Inquiring Mind, for example. And you're drawing a lot, so you're drawing more icons than normal. So so it just seems that. like it's it's a perfect storm of of all the good stuff with relatively no downside to it. Yeah. And even if you don't min-max it, like, his ability just rewards you for playing the game. You know, it's like, Norman kind of does the same thing to an extent, but it does ask you to build your deck around it. It does ask you to, you know, consider that you... are not going to fire it every turn. By itself, if a skill card is on top of your deck, his ability turns off. Yeah, and like we said, you know, he has that forced effect that makes you draw weaknesses as well so there are times where that can bite you in the ass but jack is all upside you know and i just i just kind of question why it's designed that way okay. because they, they've done such a good job of making the investigators have really interesting effects and jack's effect is just it just feels like min-maxing to sum up if you are playing monterey jack and uh you were just looking for some uh, some quick and easy upgrades. If you go for the Twine, Aeon Chart, and Hiking Boots, you're already doing pretty well. And pretty much everything after that is, uh, is uh, just gravy. If you're yeah. looking for a different Jack build, well, let me know when you find it because I'd be curious to, to play that version uh, of, uh, of Jack. But uh, right now, the Twine, the Chart, and the Boots is... Uh, seems to be uh, to be dominating over on uh, Arkham DB. Speaking of uh, Jack's signature cards, let's take a look at uh, the Trusty Bullwhip and uh, uh, Buried Secrets. Trusty Bullwhip is a two-cost asset with two agility skill icons and a wild skill icon item weapon and melee traits. It is fast, Monterey Jack deck only, as though Jack needed <laughs> more free actions uh, in his... Uh, yeah in his uh, arsenal as an action you can fight this attack uses agility instead of combat if this attack succeeds you may exhaust trusty bullwhip to either automatically evade the attacked enemy or deal plus one damage for this attack and it takes up a hand slot uh, what do we think about the bullwhip why is it fast it's <laughs> already <true>. good <laughs> yeah it's it already good yeah like, yeah. I, I get it. Like, you can whip it out at any time and just whoosh, But, like, oh my god, is this pushed. It doesn't need the extra damage. It really doesn't. No, it doesn't. No. It's so good. It's yeah, such just a good signature that, card. Just the fact that he could use it to use his, um, just to fight with his agility instead of, um, instead of his combat and then get a free evade out of it. That's already, you're already getting two actions worth of effort. Yeah, why yeah. does a bullwhip do the same amount of damage as a gun? That's 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 a really good question. I mean, remember in classically in Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones used a gun to do two damage to a guy. And Monterey Jack is holding a gun in the artwork. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, it's painful. Honestly, this card is really good. Yeah, if it was just fast and you got to um, do fights with your fights with your um, agility and you get free evades out of it, that'd be good by itself. Yeah, because that's essentially it like it's essentially evade against an enemy's fight rather than yeah, exactly, which is cool. Comparing this to something like Roland's thirty-eight special, 
Oh yeah, that just used to. It's just the but, the, the modifier is bigger. You know, that's that's all that's special, right? It's not fast. It costs it more. It costs more. It doesn't do any doesn't doesn't do any weird tricks. You know, like it just yeah. Two, it just does two. And damage. it's less yeah. flexible. Yeah, exactly. And it has so. ammo. Well, you know, seekers like they have to they have to give them fast stuff because anything that's not fast is too slow for them apparently. Yeah. But I get where it's coming from thematically, but yeah, mechanically it's so pushed. The it's auto it's evade, yeah. the plus one damage. Sure, you're not getting a bonus to to the your agility skill test, but you're already starting at a five, which is pretty damn good. And then it's not like Jack's deck isn't going to have some agility skill icons in it if you need to happen to push it a little bit more so uh yeah this is uh is pretty damn good jack's signature weakness is buried secrets weakness mystery revelation put buried secrets into play in your threat area if your location can be investigated you cannot move except by scenario card effects as an action you can investigate if you succeed instead of discovering clues Discard Buried Secrets. If you fail, you may take two horror to shuffle it into your deck. Not very impactful. Not really. It's only no. one action to get out of. And regardless of whether you succeed or fail, you get out of it. You can choose to take a second action if you want to. Because it's if you you may take two horror right. to shuffle it into your deck. Yeah. Why did that text need to be there? The if you fail bit, mm -hmm. like it's not like Norman can just spend one action and shuffle his weakness back into his deck. Well, Norman wouldn't want to do that, but yeah, case in point. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's no out for it's, like a lot of other investigators. I will say that yeah. it does say that if your location can be investigated, so it doesn't mean if there are or aren't clues on it. You know, right. as long as your location right. doesn't have like a locked door or something on it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It does have the text that kind of you know prevents you from being totally locked. If the if the if you fail text wasn't there, I'd feel a lot better. But even then, like compare this to Jenny's weakness, where you got to mm -hmm. spend two actions for the investigate. You know, like that's a normal weakness, you know? and you got to move all the way across the map to go deal with <laughs> it. Yeah, signature weaknesses in this game are like all over the place. I swear, like Mark Harrigan's, mm -hmm. yeah, like take zero horror. <laughs> Yeah, I'm struck by the similarity between this and Ursula's weakness. I wonder if they were designed sort of at the same time where Ursula's is like, you must move to a location or you mm -hmm. have to shuffle it back into your deck. And this one is you have to basically investigate a location or you have to shuffle it back into your deck and sort of same themes of, of exploration between the two. The two main explorers. I don't think Jack's going to have much of a problem investigating most locations. Like, a location. It's like take an action to discard this. Do card. what you already do. Yeah, yeah, most of the time is like okay, I investigate. I discard my weakness. I'm already generating so much action advantage from all the other cards in my deck that yeah. that one action. I mean, why does this only take one action? Of all the That's investigators who can probably afford to take two, yeah, Jack is one of them, and so it's not like it would slow him down that much this is just seems like they're they're giving him all the benefits for for no reason but yeah and the may effect too really kind of irks me a little bit because it's like if you fail there's you decide when you take that to horror 
You know, like, yeah. it's not a forced effect where if, you know, there's at least some risk involved failing the test. If you fail, it's just another investigate check. If yeah, you really want no... it to be. It's... Are there any other investigators' weaknesses that have, like, an inherent, like, option to just bail out of it? I mean, it does, like, prevent you from moving, you know, unless you investigate. Yeah. But even still, like, if things are really going bad for you, like, action three, your third investigate, you still fail. You just take the two horror, mm -hmm. and it you know, at worst, it's your turn. Mm -hmm. Or it's like some investigators, their weakness just kills them. Somebody had a real soft spot for Monterey Jack, I think. Oh, when yeah. They were designing oh, him. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. This somebody was like having a power fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody was like, hmm. Mm. I like I like Indiana Jones. I want people to play Indiana Jones. That's going to do it for our look at uh, Monterey Jack, the. Uh... The Rogue Investigator in the Edge of the Earth Investigator expansion. Not a great deal to say about Monterey besides all the stars align for him during the design process. And uh, he has a great stat line, a great ability, one of arguably the most overpowered card, combina card pool combinations in the game. Yep. All of the very pushed secret cards work extremely well with him now we tend uh, we don't give investigators uh, ratings uh, primarily because i like them all and i think uh, we haven't uh, generally speaking i think the uh, design team has done a very good job of creating a, a very interesting group of investigators that all all do pretty well you know there aren't I don't think there has been a dud among them. I'm starting to have worries, though, when it comes to an investigator like Jack, who who seems to have all upside and uh, and very little downside. Um, Any thoughts? Yeah, my issue with Jack is that you know his his ability to generate cards and resources just comes from playing the game. And doing what you were already going to do anyway. But then just reinforcing it with, you know, the absurd card pool that he has access to just really amplifies his ridiculousness. And I, I really don't think he needed the par parenthetical text on there at all. No. Like, if that wasn't there, he would still be really good. Yeah. But the fact that he just gets to, you know, have the cake and eat it too is just ridiculous in my opinion. It really does feel like the second coming of Rex Murphy. Yeah, in fact, what's what's actually you know thinking throughout this, like we just reviewed Norman, and if you think of Norman as like a clue getter, like like you, th these two are in two different leagues, and they are literally in the same box, mm -hmm. and at what they're good at, they're in they're in total they're in different leagues, and that's really sad to see. We came out of the Norman conversation with me feeling like, oh, I, I really want to build a Norman deck and try him out yeah. now. Like, this sounds fun. Whereas, like, we kind of just ragged on Jack for 25 minutes. But, I, you know, I, I think it's pretty justified because yeah. this design yeah. just feels so obviously pushed versus, you know, like, if Norman was broken because of some, you know, obscure card interaction that essentially allowed him to nullify the encounter deck, that would be, I think, much more permissible because it would probably require some setup and, you know, whatever. But with Jack, it's just, I put Jack on the table and hit the ground running. 
So do you think the design team will revisit Jack with the the list of taboos? Now, I'm I'm not convinced any changes they would make would rein him in to any extent because I don't think the taboo list has done a particularly good job at reining in those power cards, but is there something they could do that could bring him back in line with say they they you know they did make that one change to Rex Murphy that that uh so he doesn't get to to trigger his ability as often as he does mm. or do they simply need to tackle the twine chart combination the boots stuff like that and ring and bring those back yeah. into line so that Jack isn't sort of just getting benefits all over the place I think it's kind of. I think you need to attack the Hydra at both heads. I think that reasonably you could remove the parenthetical from Jack, and he would be a very serviceable investigator. Yeah, he has a very good stat line, and that's still a really good ability. Like we were saying, it's at worst Jenny, and mm -hmm. it's at best a draw, extra draw, which is still good. But the the twine is just ridiculous in any investigator that can take those combination of cards. You know, regardless of who it is, but the fact that Jack just pushes that to the nth degree is just, I think, kind of what broke the camel's back. Yeah, in fact, um, yeah, that's. I mean, if I had to, in fact, uh, something to build off of your point, Nate, is that if Monterey Jack were just a blank investigator, um, with that card pool, that doesn't solve the problem of the trend of giving, especially seekers a juggernaut of extra actions and extra investigates and extra clues and extra enemy handling and all of it is fast and it all moves together and then it all combines together very very well like a giant rolling ball like from Raiders of the Lost Ark I just did it I brought it back to Raiders of the Lost Ark <clears throat> but yeah just crossing out that parenthetical text even blanking you know making Monterey a blank investigator is not going to solve the problem of the free movement and free clue getting and extra actions and fast actions and you know all this action chaining that is all coming together to make the seeker card pool very 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 overpowered so you gotta attack that what monterey does is he's part of that juggernaut his ability like is part of it it's part of you know i take moves and i get cards and i you know use those cards and convert them into moves with shortcut you know and you just it just all it all works together he's part of the evil empire so to speak. Yeah. He's part of the machine. But cross out the parenthetical text and at least you'll get back into the realm of mortals. Well, to, I guess we will uh, wait and see. We have not yet received a new FAQ that takes into account uh, all of the new player cards that we uh, saw in uh, the Edge of the Earth Investigator expansion. So uh, we'll have to wait and see whether uh, Jack gets a toned down a little bit or whether they attack uh, both him and the uh, the some of the seeker cards that were released have you had a chance to play jack uh, what do you think uh, about him and uh, do you have a solution for uh, for jack and uh, his card pool let us know in the comments down below we'd uh, we'd love to hear from you and uh see how he does uh, we are slowly making our way through the uh, the investigators we will be back uh, with our look at uh, the final two investigators in the, uh, the in the box we have uh, lily chen who is uh, mystic but uh, mostly guardian and uh, finally bob jenkins who is a survivor 
but uh, mostly rogue. So uh, stay tuned for those. That's going to do it for this episode. If you enjoyed what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. If you need to contact me, I can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at manfromlang. Until the stars are right, keep your shotgun close and your other sign closer. Take care out there, and happy investigating.